0: all right uh welcome to story comic presents where we interview amazing storytellers and artists this is episode 143 we are honored to have back on the show tony mcmillan he's the creator behind acclaimed works like the augmented fourth lumen serious creatures attaboy and now the bleeding tree trilogy tony this is amazing you got something else you have a trilogy you're back on last summer but now you already have three books you're publishing out on uh, that you're self-publishing or is that on etsy now
1: uh it's it's on etsy i'm self-publishing it's 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 all me i'm i'm, I'm going all in on this one
0: that's amazing so talk uh, so thanks. talk to us about it you I said you've been on maybe about six months or so ago. You're on you're on episode eighty nine, one hundred and forty three. So third time, third time. Yep, friend of the on show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You are now officially friend of the show. And so, talk to us a bit about this. Talk to us a bit yeah. about your 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 new trilogy. And this is as you said, this has been a work in progress for 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 quite some time as well.
1: Yeah, it pro- more than ten years, and really. Um earnestly in the last uh at least four four or five years so basically the bleeding tree trilogy these books um like i said i've been working on them for forever uh what's funny is actually um being frustrated writing these is kind of what caused me to do comics in a lot of weird ways (laughs) so basically i was working on i don't know like the eighth draft of the first book of the i knew it was gonna be a trilogy but i was like oh this, this isn't right it's not working out and so i took a break And uh, I got an offer from an editor I knew who was like, hey, do you have a short horror story? And that became Augmented Fourth. That became its own book. And so writing Augmented Fourth, it kind of unlocked um, some some ideas about writing that it kind of helped me. I was like, oh, I'm better at first person than I am a third person in general, if -hmm. I could find a strong voice. And so then I went back to do uh, Bleeding Tree, the first book, Higher Climbs of Fire. And I did it in a first person voice. And all of a sudden it started clicking. And as I was writing that, um when I finally finished it, um you, you know, augment fourth was a, a rarity for me where it, it was a publisher wanted it, it, it just happened kind of quickly. Most of my novels take forever. And so I, in, in the interim, I was like, well, these three novels, the first draft of them all done. It's gonna be a while. Because I, I sent them to some people to look at to see if they want to publish it. It's gonna be a while before it gets published. I should do something. Mm-hmm. I've been drawing more, and so I started um I started doing something which became Lumen. Okay. And so that was my first comic I, I wrote and drew myself. And all of a sudden I started getting really into that and I started finding, I really loved doing that. And so I think that Lumen was like three years ago, maybe, maybe four years ago now at this point, at least when I started it. And so uh, doing Lumen the whole time in the back, I'm like, I had these three novels and I kept going back to them, doing new drafts, editing, changing things, moving around, looking for, um, looking for new publishers, looking for people to be into it. And, and, and it's, finishing these books in a way gave me a lot of confidence because i "I think these i think these are good even though i had to keep on you know uh fixing them and and and, finessing them i I was like i think i've become better at storytelling and that kind of fed into the comics um but just you know people are like you know probably like what are these books about uh essentially the bleeding tree trilogy i've been telling people it's like if mark twain wrote dune huh and yeah and what i've been with that it's kind of weird but it, it, i i'm not just trying to be like um uh it's not just an elevator pitch it's basically um i really love like um huckleberry finn and a lot, a lot of his, his books uh, i love the language of them and i um i i dune's actually something i only read for the first time six years ago oh, wow. but, but i i read the first four books got super immersed in the world and um what I love about Dune is it's there's so much there's so much palace intrigue, there's so many different types of characters and castes and societies and religions within this whole world. And so, I try to bring this sort of like folk rock, like if Bob Dylan's uh basement tapes album was actually like a world, the, the weird characters that kind of inhabit that, if I can make that a, a whole big sprawling saga, that's what this kind of became, and so. I really love the the language of Mark Twain and um that was kind of a big lightning uh rod and then the kind of world building of Dune and a bunch of other stuff uh mixed in there and, and I think it's a pretty unique package. I, I part of the problem with these books, I think, is kind of like um trying to explain to people like what they're in for because it's it's a really weird ride. It's I've been saying it's a folk rock fantasy Western it's I've been saying it's sort of like Stephen King's dark tower series, just in that it takes a lot of disparate elements and, and and, uh, like fantasy and maybe horror, but also rock and roll mythology and, and um, some stuff about religion and all kinds of stuff. It's a really weird cocktail and it comes together, I think in a really entertaining and unique, package so it's i think people are you know the people who have read the book on uh, the read all three books uh they, they all seem to really enjoy it and, and i i you know i i'm really proud of them i am one of the things which is interesting is like you know i've i've been working on these books forever and for this last go-round you know it's um i basically was like okay i, I gotta get these books out. i'm gonna do them myself i'm, I'm you know um, I went through and, and did a, you know, I've had editors look at this and do copy and line edits, but I went through it one more time and I was kind of worried. I was like, it's been a couple of years since I've did the, the last draft of these. maybe, maybe I've moved on. Maybe I'm, maybe they're not as good as I remember, right. but I was really happily surprised. Like, no, man, th- these rock. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to share these. So um, yeah, I, I think that some of my best stuff.
0: So I guess though, the, the question is, is like for, for authors that are listening or people that are doing, looking at self-publishing um, you're no stranger to Kickstarter. Why did you not decide to kickstart this?
1: The big reason why is I think some people um, they overdo Kickstarter. I, I, I feel like um, I don't want to do more than if I, I don't want to do more than one Kickstarter a year. If I do two would be the max, but I kind of mm. feel like um, that's pushing it a little, a little bit. And so I um I kind of had to pick my projects, and so I did a uh, Kickstarter for Attaboy, uh, you know, fairly recently. I think it's been like maybe eight or nine months at this point. I don't remember. Right. And so, I I, I could have done it for this, but I was like, ah, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna wait. And I, um, part of that is like, it, you know, it's funny. I've been sitting on these books for a long time, and I'm kind of just raring to go. Hmm. But I also understand I built uh, a small but very loyal audience for my comic books, and I don't. I think that my audience for my novels, it's not as big, but people really do enjoy those. And there's some there's some people who are into both things. But this this trilogy, I think, will sort of be um, a slow burn in a lot of ways. And there's three books, so that's kind of okay. You know, there there's gonna be a whole year of me kind of showing these books and, and promoting them. And um, I basically was like, I I almost did a Kickstarter for them. I was like, I think I'm gonna wait for a different project. I think like, my first novel, just self-published, and that did, that did fine, that did well, but I kind of also feel that uh, for Kickstarter, a uh, visual medium like comic books right. is maybe a little more compelling or a better uh, platform for it. And so I, I kind of was like, uh, I think I'm going to not do Kickstarter for this and go my own way. And also at the same time, um, it was a close call. I almost had a publisher uh, for these books at the last minute when I basically I announced the books. And somebody came back, like who I talked to earlier, like, "Hey, um, we're interested in publishing them." I was like, uh, "Okay, let's let's talk." And we got over the details, and I was like, "It was an okay deal, but it wasn't um a good enough deal for me to go. Well, I I can't do all that. I, I I basically do most of what they're offering on my own,
0: right?
1: And I would have control control about how I promote things. And so I just figured, I think I'm just going to do this on my own. So yeah. th- so thank you, I appreciate the offer. So that was another thing, which kind of uh it kind of all happened at once.
0: Right. So what,
1: how big are the books? Um, they're not super long, really. Honestly, the first book is, uh, I think, 210 pages. Fun. The second one's the longest. I think it's 315. And then the third one is like 230 or so. So um, one one idea I had was like, I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll release them all in one giant book, you know? Right. But I was like, you know, I honestly like especially with novels. I, I live in Massachusetts. I, I work in Boston. I like to go on the train on the subway and have a book. That's not so humongous that I can't like be comfortable with it, reading a paperback and turning it around. And so I like, I like a little smaller paperback. Um, I do like the idea that it really was written as a, a, a trilogy. So, um, the pauses between the books kind of makes sense that you can, you should maybe take a little breather. Mm. You know, if, if people want to go crazy and binge it, that's awesome too. But, um, I, and I think that uh, them being smaller paperbacks, um, it also makes it so I, I can sell them at a cheaper. You know, it doesn't cost me a lot of money, so they're all ten bucks a piece. Right. And, and and I'm doing a deal now. If you buy from my Etsy store, you can get all three for twenty five dollars. Right. That's so, a good deal.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's pretty good deal. I, you know, I, I I thought of you know, it's basically to me, it's comparable to one big hardcover book would probably be about twenty five bucks, maybe thirty bucks. <laughs> and you know i might in the future do a, a really deluxe big hardcover uh edition that has all three collected into one uh big book maybe some illustrations or something i haven't decided but um at this point i, I really like the idea of these little paperbacks that like um jeff vandermeer did um his uh trilogy a few years ago the southern reach trilogy it had a book on annihilation and a few other books they're really cool and they're they're slimmer volumes and i i, I enjoyed those and um the big question for me was actually um do I release release all my books at once or do I stagger them and have them like every 3 months every 4 months. Hmm. And that was a tough choice, but I decided um I think I'm going there, there's there's less if I release all at once, there's less of a drawback. It's it I think it's like people could get them all at once or they could try book 1 mm-hmm. and then go back to the other one. So I was like eh, I think there's less to lose, so I'll I'll just go for it. And also I, I can offer a bundle kind of deal.
0: Now, do you feel because you're, you know, artist writer musician how much do you i think we might have talked about this before as well is there a soundtrack that you've kind of made for yourself for this series
1: oh for this one yeah there definitely is but it's funny so a big part of the book is the main character her name is mal leatherberry she's a folk singer and so in this world it's like a primitive kind of future um she's this um heretic rebel folk singer who uh records these songs which are sort of protest songs against the um the evil church which runs the world and so part of this the the book is that her voice is this uncommon almost inhuman sounding voice and the book opens with she's uh being hung on a tree by six guitar strings someone has strung her up and she's you know looks like she's gonna die the strings break she falls to the ground with blood everywhere and she's Screaming out, and all of a sudden, her voice becomes something like inhuman, and oh, yeah. that becomes her singing voice. And and so it's sort of like it might have some sort of uh, supernatural sway to it too, like like it might control people. And so part of my challenge was like, um, I was going to do a book trailer for it, and I was like, oh, I could record some cool songs, and I was like, I don't want people to actually um have a voice, like I don't want to record what my version of her voice is because I want it to be something you. You basically it's almost like HP Lovecraft's description of his creatures where it's like you can't imagine what the sounds like. And that's kind of what I'm trying to okay. do with her voice. Um and so I, I, so the soundtrack to my mind, there's lots of Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's probably like the the first thing I think of. His especially his big trilogy of uh uh blonde on blonde um bringing all back home and highway 61 revisited those are the core but a lot of his work in general he has a really great imagery and his his voice and, and the actual backing music is, is part of it but also patty smith um it, when i was writing a lot of this stuff i listened to a bunch of different music and, and um the last the last scene of the last book i listened to this one song like 40 times in a row it was uh queens of the stone age um I appear missing. And, um, you know, I've done that before of certain scenes where I just want to get into a certain mindset. And so I just hit repeat on my computer and it might be three, four hours. Who knows? So the song would just keep playing. So I got into a weird hypnotized kind of fugue state to write the scene. And I remember at at the end, I had also just finished writing the third book of this whole trilogy, which I've taken me basically 10 years or more to finish. I actually cried. I was just like, and I was like, I hope this. I hope this is a good scene. I just feel like I'm just spent. And I feel like I've been with these characters for so long and the song was playing, I was really feeling it. But um, there's a bunch of music like that, which I think informs this old blues, like Lead Belly, stuff like that. Um, but the it's fun. Like the, the book itself, it sort of takes up uh, that sort of Mark Twain antebellum era, but it's a future and it's not exactly steampunk. But it has like, so there's a lot of acoustic guitars and there's sort of that kind of folk blues mentality. But um, as the books go on, there's going to be even weirder stuff, which, and part of like what I like about Dune is there's sort of like sci-fi instruments, things that aren't like things we're familiar with. So it makes you just kind of imagine like, what does that sound like? And including Mal's, Mal's voice, which is supposed to be, you know, it, it who knows what it sounds like?
0: No. Do you see? My other question too is like, do you? Is there anybody thought about um, putting some illustrations in this? And if so, is does it match your style of artwork, or would you say, you know, what I think I I have a you know a friend or or a peer that I I really like their work and I like them to be the visual, you know, be the be the visual. Right. Charge of
1: this. You, you know, like, I I could see my style actually fitting this story. Yeah. The problem with me is that for novels, I don't want to depict an illustration, any of the characters, especially their faces. Right. Because I think part of the power of a novel and the written word is that you're not locked into a, a, an image. Right. And so, of course, comics, you have kind of the best of both worlds. There's an image. But, you know, it's it's not a movie. So you can have some leeway. Your imagination can fill in certain gaps. But a novel, you know, it, so I, I wouldn't want to draw Mal. I wouldn't want to draw some of the characters. But um, it's so, so it's like what so I would have to find a really creative solution. So like Augmented Fourth, for instance, uh, I did illustrations for that book. And that's a novel. But the illustrations are actually all the album artwork of the fictional band within the story. Right. So The album artwork would sort of reflect what's actually happening in the chapter we're reading. But I would never depict the characters. And then my first book nefarious twit it was a book about uh like a shell silverstein-esque kids book author and so the illustrations were the illustrations from his kids books and again they would sort of mirror what was happening in the story but i never depicted any of the characters and so in this one i was like i i i don't gotta I don't have a i don't have a cool uh, way in yet right. and so that was something and also, <laughs> after doing the three novels, I was like, ah, that's a lot of illustrations. I got a comics to draw. Yeah. I, I got I'll, I'll put that in the back burner for maybe a big deluxe edition, like uh, so it, it'd be tough I, I I think there's a way for me to do it. Um, but I think something like my style would work because my style is kind of dark and scratchy, and this world is kind of dirty and grimy, but also, um, I think it's there's a lot like if i if I did color illustrations, which I don't know if I could do. Um, There's a lot of color in this story. There's a lot, there's like a, there's a a sort of mental, um, a mental telepathy sort of thing that people enter into the story and they call it the gray. And when you enter in the gray, everything gets dimmed down. But then you and the person who's in charge of the gray, you guys you guys burn with color and so i would describe it looking like an oil slick rainbow and looking like you know a, a medusa jellyfish upside down writhing there's lots of weird fun stuff like that so i could go i go to town and coloring and drawing stuff like that
0: so do you only do you only write stories that fit your illustrations or have you ever written a story or you or you have something a work in progress that you know doesn't fit your
1: illustrations um so, yeah, the so far, most of the stuff I've written I've geared it towards what I think uh, my strengths are. But I have some stuff I've been thinking about, and I'm like, oh, I know either I'm not ready for this yet, or there's somebody definitely better who could pull stuff. And when I've I've collaborated, like I've recently done, um, it's going to come out uh, probably in a month, uh, a one shot comic book called Bounce House Bazaar, which is an anthology book, 48 okay. pages. Um, 18 pages are me writing and drawing, but the other two stories in there, um, I've written, but other artists have drawn. And oh, so cool. th- that was really fun. Cause like I, um, I, I geared it towards both those artists. So one's Ben Granoff, Ben Granoff is a great artist and, um, his story, I was like, okay. He actually asked him straight up, like, what do you like to, what do you like to draw? What do you not like to draw? <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I've been an artist and I've collaborated and it's like, if someone hates motorcycles, I don't want to write a story about bikers. You know, I, I, I don't want, I really don't want to, I'm not here to, I want to challenge you, but not. You know make something that's just like awful for you right and so i asked him and then the other artist uh nicola Bonmetto, who um i asked him what he was into and they responded and i was like cool and um for both of them i i had some ideas and basically i kind of like okay this i think this idea fits you or uh for for ben's story i think it was more like okay you told me what you like let me think about it okay I think i got something do you like this And he's like yeah and so we we went for it and i think that's the way to go like i have a story um i don't know if I, when i'll do it but it's um it's based on history it's a uh, uh, king of the dudes there's this guy who was a, a dandy in, in, uh, and <laughs> i believe it was like the turn of the century in america but basically he was um he was like he was this really fashionable uh top hat wearing guy who had these contests with other men in new york city about who could dress the best and it became really cutthroat. These men were fighting in the streets over who was like the best looking, best dressed man in New York City. And they had um, weird walking challenges. Like they they would race, but they could not run. They could only walk. And it's, it's all historical. And they called him the King of the Dude. And so I was like King Dude. And I was like, well, my style. I w- in my mind, I see a clean line. I see a Michael Allred. I see um, um, Jesse Larnigan's, a friend of mine. But he's also one of my favorite artists working. Somebody who can do something cleaner, and also somebody who, who'd be good at drawing f- fashion, drawing clothing, and you could go, oh, that's like, Frank Quitley could probably do something like that. Um, there's a bunch of people like Nick uh, Darrington, I believe. Yeah, the guy, who, he, he's been doing great stuff. People who actually, if they drew a certain shoe, you go, that's that shoe. Well, if I draw a shoe, maybe you can tell it's a converse, but you probably just go, okay, it's that's a foot, probably. Mine's a little more abstract, so I don't think I'd be right for that. So I... um. I I think yeah I would have to I would uh, love to work with people for certain stories which aren't me because I think they'd be better than me.
0: So like for instance, if somebody wanted to say I'm gonna write a story about Batman and RoboCop and Victorian dresses, that would be.
1: Oh, I could I could I could kill that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially if it's RoboCop and Profile, I'm really good at that. For some reason that I I love drawing that. Um, but yeah, but it's funny. It's like it's like I think. I think sometimes uh, people who, who collaborate in comics, uh, they don't think of, like, this the really simple stuff. Like, you should ask the other guy what he likes to draw. Just, I mean, he might, you should really, because, like, you, are you pro- if you have a story you want to tell, that's great. But your story will probably be better if you're both having a good time making it right and I'm sure there's exceptions it's like you know sometimes there's bands or movies when people hate each other they made amazing art maybe but I'd rather just risk you risk the the nice like we're having a great time and it turned out really good too I think that'd be a better way to go yeah oh hey <laughs> hey Eli, how you doing man
0: yeah our mutual connection Eli he's uh just said Tony Tony is a great speaker
1: I agree love
0: to hear him talk about his comics a great mind it's true eli
1: is a solid dude he's a he's a good man and uh eli got me uh back in the, to eating taco bell i've been there uh twice since we spoke
0: do they still have the, the that veggie what is it the vegetarian burrito like it's just like the seven I, layer like the free fried beans and
1: the... you, you, they might but you're talking to the wrong guy I, I got oh yeah it. you're a
0: meat guy huh I,
1: I i i appreciate what you're doing i think it's the right thing to do i just i'm not there yet the reason i went, <laughs> the reason I went back there is like i, I hadn't been to taco bell in like. Fifteen years or something crazy. I'm just not uh, a big fast food guy, and um, but uh, I was talking to Eli and uh, my friend Pete on our old podcast, and they were talking about Taco Bell, and I was like, I haven't even tried the, the Dorito shell thing, and they're like, you, what do you, you got to at least try that. <laughs> so I went there and had like three of those, love them, and um, you know, I'm not saying I'm like an addict again. I'm not like going back there all the time, but it's definitely, uh, it's it's part of my options now if I want to eat out,
0: right. Mm-hmm that's good good for you good for you we had uh I went you know uh, my wife and I went back down to our old stomping grounds in uh Concord New Hampshire and our our like our 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 like you know middle class place to eat was always uh Ruby Tuesdays yeah yeah they closed it it's gone like the next close the closest ruby twos is down in your neck of the woods i'm gonna drive like 300 miles for a ruby two today
1: see the thing is, i grew up in tucson arizona so taco bell is sort of a really contentious thing because basically there's plenty of great mexican food in, in tucson yeah taco bell is not that taco bell is very much uh you know uh, an americanized you know kmart mexican food right but there's cool stuff within that as long as you're not going for authentic. Have at it, and so it's one of those things where like um people will like sometimes like people here in Massachusetts will be like, you know, talking about oh you got you must like really good Mexican food, not that Taco Bell stuff. I'm like, I like them both. I mean, I, I mean, I've had a Mexican stepdad, and he was cool with me eating either one. It's just, like, what are you in the mood for? It's you know, yeah. And he's yeah. right. Yeah, like we were talking about the the movie A Demolition Man, and Demolition Man, a key plot point is that Taco Bell is the only restaurant in the future LA. <laughs> It's a utopia. So obviously that's, that's the way they went.
0: Right. See, exactly. So another thing, this is another another curiosity that I'm wondering about. Have you ever, because you're an auditory person as well, would you ever take your, would you ever have these books? Would you ever do like an audio version of it? Would you actually narrate that?
1: Um, I personally I would love to hear that. I don't think I'm a, a good enough orator to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's funny, I, I, I've been the lead singer of bands, I've had multiple podcasts, I've been <laughs> a stand up comedian. I actually still think I um from time to time will speak too fast and don't enunciate well and I'm very critical of the way I uh, I think I do okay, but for a whole book I think it would it it'd wear a little thin. Um for augmented fourth my um old novel um the, the main character is a is an English guy he's a, he's a Brummy he's from Birmingham. I had a friend uh Rick uh Wentworth who uh, did the trailer voice and he's really good at voices. He he's a podcast uh you know he does podcasts but he he does like um audio dramas. He can do different accents and he's an actor. And so he did an amazing thing. So I was, I was trying to get him uh, to do like a full-on audio book. We, we never really hashed out the details. I would love that. And for this book, uh, it's all done in Mal's voice. Mal uh, Leatherberry is the main character. And so I would um, be really curious about what someone could do. And the one problem would be her speaking voice is supposed to be pretty weird, too. It's not supposed okay. to be like – and in my mind, her speaking voice sounds like, you see Return of the Jedi? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. yeah okay I, yeah okay i figured it was kind of silly to ask it's like you know about santa claus like, yeah of course but i can share. so Return of the jedi the very beginning um princess leia is dressed as uh, as a bounty hunter she she rescues han she has right. a cool voice it's like you in the carbon carbonite right. sickness that's i, I kind of imagine mal's voice is like that the whole time right. i don't think that's probably good for an audiobook so i might have to like <laughs> might have to, to let that dream go but yeah anyway, in, in my right. mind she sounds sort of like that that and like William S. Burroughs, because his voice is really weird. Right. Yeah.
0: And so and so talk to us a bit about too. One of the things that we also want I wanted to chat with you about was when you were on last summer, you were you were you were talking about your you were talking about Attaboy that you, you did. I had it, loved it. And I actually sent you a review. I actually did a review. I did a blog post about it, about
1: I was, how loved it. Love
0: the it was, the philosophy behind it was was amazing like i just you know i didn't i didn't expect to see something in like this and i don't know if you're tapping into some zeitgeist of middle-aged guys who started playing nintendo like now are right. just like you know contemplating like you know, the the, ex, the existential points of mortality but like i'm like i'm reading really like i'm like I thought this was just going to be fun. Like it was fun, but it was like, man, you're like really digging into some things that I that I that I only think about like at like three o'clock in the morning, and now I'm gonna have to now I have to like think about it like three o'clock in the afternoon when I read this book. Like, you know, thanks, yeah. Tony. Yeah, and, I,
1: I'm <laughs> happy to ruin your day. Yeah, no, I,
0: <laughs> no, it was I, good. It was really good. Thank you. But you, one of the things that you, one of the things that you, you were kind of like, mm, not sure if I'm going to do it or not, was actually make a because you deliberately wanted to make it treasury sized yeah but and i remember you were talking over this so i was like i'm not sure if i want to make because I think you lose something with so that inner dialogue of deciding whether or not to make it into a size you actually have decided to do make it a not normal size. What would you call it? Just
1: a. <laughs> I've been I've been saying regular size, reduced lunch. I don't know, like. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so what was the decision? How do how
0: come that 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 inner voice? How come that other one won out on you?
1: Um. So partly it was like I I looked at the the expenses, and the expenses of, of producing it myself. You know, getting it made and shipped but also expenses for people, um, right. how much it costs. And so that was one thing. So I was like, I'll, I'll make a proof and just see if it looks good, regular size. And if it looks good, I'll do it. And if it doesn't look good, then I'll have to just like uh, figure it out, you know? And so it looked it looked really good, actually. I thought it looked really cool. And like, I like both editions. I like the big edition. That's that's really fun. But it's also kind of, it's a, a little bit of a different experience, smaller. And it's funny is actually um, that, that decision, it would have been made earlier, but I was like, I, I I'm really a stickler for good covers, and I don't think I'm a great cover artist. I think actually very few artists are great cover artists. Cover doing cover art sort of like a different, um, a totally different um, art form in a lot of ways. And so I was like, I was really happy at the Attaboy cover, and I was like, I I think you know if I do a small edition, it'd be cool to do a new cover. I couldn't come up with a better cover. I was like, <laughs> this, is, this is like I I got something that kind of works here. I, I did this sort of an Eric Larson uh, foreshortening sort of pose that's really like punchy and. And I don't want to say iconic, but I'm, I'm going for that. I'm going for something that's simple and striking that you could see that form and know it. Um, and so I couldn't figure out anything else. I was like, well, I'm going to keep the same cover. I was like, I- I'll make sure people don't think they're going to get the treasury edition if they buy the smaller version. But, but but yeah, essentially, I was like, as long as it looks good it's, and it's still a, a good experience, yeah, I'll make it smaller, I'll make it cheaper for me and for people to get. And I like the idea of it being... I think you get, you get 74 pages for 12 bucks yeah, and it's complete. Amazing, yeah. I think right. it's a really, I think it's a really good value. And I think also I was thinking about it. I'm really proud of this book still. And I think it's a really cool um, entry, entry point to my work. So if you, if this is the first thing of mine, you, re- you read, I think you're going to get a value. Um, you're going to see what I can do. And, and and I think it's a good introduction. Like maybe you'll, you'll try some other stuff I've done. Right. And uh so I, I felt like the I felt like it was a, it was like a I gotta do it. I feel like I I love Attaboy. People have asked me because the book sold out the the, the big edition, and lots picked it up. So people who wanted the book, I was like, oh, I think it's still being sold at like Gutter Pop Gutter Pop Comics or or this place, and people found it, and that's been great. Um, well, I'm happy he's back. I'm glad the little guy's back. Um, I, I I do I I have a lot of affection for the character. Um, I think I'll probably do something else with him at some point. Um, because you know, I like my, my my daughter who's two years old. She, I draw him. She's like triangle boy. Or she'll say robot. She knows kind of who he is. She likes grape shot better because he's grape man. He's a a big purple eye. She gets that. Right. But she has, you know, she's getting into some of the stuff I do a little bit.
0: So that's a good point. Like, do you you could easily make a sequel to this because it fits within the genre of their having, you know, Ninja Gaiden two, Super right. Mario two. So there is a way to. And you can even do something along the lines of like the Attaboy Junior, you know, or something where yeah. you have like you know Donkey Kong Junior, or you know. I was thinking,
1: yeah, totally. And I can even do a thing where it's like it's on a new console, so now it's a new look or something. There's there's a lot of things to do there. I, I do kind of want to do a a, a team up book at some point, and I think it'd be really fun to have Attaboy and Esteban from Lumen and maybe a few other characters kind of uh, meet up and do something. Uh, and I, I'm kind of thinking ideas it's it's funny lumen's one of those things where um i thought about this with uh when i was when i finished lumen i, I did four issues i actually drew a fifth issue because my idea was well I, I think i have like 25 uh issues of ideas i should i should just make this series and then i did issue five i was like well i don't know if i want to do a monthly book like I don't know if I, could, I can't really do a monthly book. It'll be like a semi-monthly as close as possible. But I also, I'm like, I don't know if I want this to be like um, Spectacular Spider-Man, where it's like, oh, the soap opera picks up. I, I, maybe it's better as, as like Hellboy, where it's like these little short kind of uh, stories. And th- that was like a, a learning thing. I was like, I think I'm I'm that guy. I write novels and I write uh, stories that have a beginning and an end. But I would want to go back to the Lumen world at some point. And edible is the same thing. Where I'm like, there's more. There's more to do. There's more. To, more fun to be be had, I think. Um, and it's funny. It's like these, these new books, the bleeding tree trilogy. You can read this if you've never read any of my stuff, and I think you'll totally have a good time and, and enjoy. It. But it, these books connect everything I've ever done, with the exception of the Friday the Thirteenth bootleg comic I just did, because that's 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 a bootleg of a licensed property that has nothing to do with these probably but there's these new books sort of deal with um parallel universes and multi uh multiverse kind of stuff and there's been seeds of all these books and everything i've done including attaboy including lumen including augment fourth including back to nefarious put my first novel uh oblivion Sweet, um a comic book i did of and uh, rufin uh there's there's like little morsels so if there's anyone who's been paying attention when they read this book they're gonna go oh wow that's that's pretty neat and um and if you haven't or you don't pay that much attention it's okay you're gonna totally get the story it's fine but i think it's a nice little thing it's funny these books were sort of like the plan was to do nefarious twit novel augment fourth actually it's basically supposed to be nefarious twit than this right and i couldn't get it right and so augment fourth happened and then lumen happened and then attaboy happened and
0: basically
1: um serious creatures is see, like yeah that. serious exactly serious creatures too yeah i'm pretty happy about that but yeah you're uh serious creatures and serious creatures has a little bit of involvement in this and um yeah I, I think it's gonna be if you read these these books i think you'll you'll get like a cool little extra layer to all the other books
0: so i got a good i got a good Throwaway idea for you Tony, me. that you could do with this. That reminds me of the Adam. What you could do. So this is the way. Uh, because you like it. Does a What about doing like a fake like Super Smash Brothers type booklet where you actually have all your major IPs as like a like a Street Fighter kind of thing where you can actually like. I,
1: I love it. Like it's funny. Um, one of my projects, which uh, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. So let's talk about what the idea was. I was gonna do a thing with a bunch of different artists. And it was going to be called Melee on Main Street. And uh-huh. the idea was a, a a booklet for a fighting game, like a Street Fighter game, but it's in the suburbs. And so, you know, <laughs> your player would be like, you know, disgruntled janitor. Or it'd be, a, you know, like um, noisy neighbor or whatever. And then I'd give it to different artists. And basically, it, I thought the idea would be, oh, cool, I just ask people to do pinups, basically. And I'll do character descriptions. It'll be fun. And eventually, I got soured on that because I was like, well... It's basically a book of pinups for characters that no one knows about. <laughs> it's not exactly like the most compelling thing, but I still, I love fighting games. I especially love, like, I think some fighting games I grew up on, like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. They actually have pretty cool stories somewhere in there. Like the mythology behind some of the stuff is cool. So I would love to have my characters like all meet up in the Smash Brothers thing. Like <laughs> I, I, th- I honestly have already thought of like how Attaboy and Esteban from Lumen could meet right and yep. i have some characters that you haven't i haven't shown anybody yet like uh Bishimith is one and there's all these other characters which kind of fit in that world and the new character grape shot he could be he could be in there i even thought um it'd be cool to do and i'll still probably do it as a four-page throwaway story where um bobby feckle from serious creatures who who's who makes he does special effects for movies the the story starts out as a lumen story you see esteban in the armored and then all of a sudden he meets attaboy and then something happens All of a sudden it goes cut it's a movie set It's Bobby Feckle doing the effects and you get to see my three main protagonists so far, kind of all together on set together. Right. But you know, I, I, I got, I only got so much time on this earth. So I will get to that, (laughs) I think some point, but not yet.
0: So my other question, I wanted to, um, before we we run out of the hour, I wanted to ask you about, so is there going to be a, is there a, a season two of your, uh of your your podcast uh too young for this s-h-i-t
1: um not not yet so i i'm okay. doing another podcast called uh five-star autopsy which i'm doing solo and that's nothing against my, my buddy pete peter leon still one of my he's my best friend he's he's, he's my co-host for i um, too young for this s-h-i-t uh we will probably get back to that at some point um it was a lot of fun doing that show about action movies. Uh, it was just a lot of work getting, because we all had we had guests for every episode. Sometimes multiple guests, right. people live in different time zones. Um, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of work to kind of, as you know, to yeah. get people together. And so Five Star Autopsy, my new show, where I basically, I examined the cause of death for the greatest creative runs in pop culture history. Like when did the Beatles stop making great albums is an example. Right. I do this all on my own. And so I was sort of inspired by Rob Liefeld's podcast because Rob Liefeld does that all solo. And he's like, you know, he's like a 55 year old guy who sounds like a 14 year old. His energy is off the (laughs) chart. I don't have that. I I'm probably a 40 year old guy. Sounds like maybe a 39 year old at best. (laughs) So I am trying my best to bring up the energy as I, as best I can. But, um, that's been the new endeavor. And, And, you know, this is something that's sort of like spurred on by cartoonist Kayfabe. Um, it's one of those, that show that I think a lot of people who are in comics have gotten into and I've also been inspired by their, these comic creators are, are up in their profile by doing uh, a show, which is tangentially related to what they do, right. but they're not just like talking about their own work. It's, it's providing entertainment. And if people want to check out who these guys are, who, uh, who have these opinions, they can seek out their work. And so that's part of what I'm doing. But It's also, I just, I like this stuff. Right. I, um, five-star autopsy. It's really about, consecutive runs of greatness from different artists so i'm looking at musicians uh film directors uh novelists comic book creators i just did frank miller um and and basically i'm i've always thought about like i'm not a sports guy at all but my version of, of that sort of thing is like thinking about it's really great when an artist can do like three great works in a row but what but when they they kind of uh they have a bad work or a dud uh, it's really interesting if they kind of come back or they don't, or they have a bad spell and why that could be. And so I kind of like uh, the first one I did is Led Zeppelin because that was sort of as a kid, the first time I kind of understood oh, you have a whole career and like, you know, maybe everything's good up until this point and then maybe it kind of drops off. And, you know, of course, these are my opinions, so I'm I'm also for this show, I'm going to do a thing I think called Second Opinions, where oh. I, I'm sort of like a, like a morgue, uh, I'm sort of like a coroner here. So I'll have right. another coroner come in and go, no, Tony's totally mistaken. Frank Miller had one good work, it was this, and then he stopped, go, you know, like, he, all here go, Tony was almost right, but he, you know, this one that he called a dead was actually really good. And we're just kind of, you know, we'll go back and forth. And so how long do the
0: episodes last? Are they like, 30
1: minutes, an hour. <laughs> uh, mostly they're an hour plus, but it, which is kind of wow. crazy. It is just me, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I, I get going, I get going Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's been fun, but it's also like, uh, and I, you know, people seem to be into it and I, I haven't made anyone too mad. I'm not trying to, but you know, some of these, some of these artists are people who, people who really love, and I, right. I love all these artists, but I am just trying to be honest about, you know, what, what I think, um, their the best work and then they maybe they're not so great work is so yeah, it, it, so it, the,
0: the the base of the basis of this is that there is a definitive end to the career basically or did they ebbs and flows or
1: there's ebbs and flows. I, I just did the doors. And the doors, what's interesting about the doors is there is a definitive end because Jim Morrison died. And right. so the band broke up. And so they're they're one of the few acts where it's like, well, there it's a, it's like a, a real story. There's a narrative that just kind of ends. But, you know, and Led Zeppelin also broke up. So that's maybe true. But like, I did John Carpenter. And John Carpenter's alive. He could make another movie. I go through his whole career and go, well, I feel like he hasn't made a good one in a while. But who knows? I would love for him to come back and rise you know again i'm gonna do spielberg and what's fun about a lot of these things is like um i think a lot of the greats um they actually they have great runs but they're not as long as you might think like spielberg for instance for my my money jaws is maybe a perfect film i love jaws close encounters great he does 1941 1941 not good i i re it recently because i was like it can't be that. It, it's pretty bad. 1941's terrible, but he comes roaring back. So he has. A, so his run's only those two movies, but then he comes roaring back uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and then he's, and, and he does E.T. He's doing good, you know. Temple of Doom, maybe not as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T., but it's still pretty good. And so he's got ups and downs, you know. But, you know, Spielberg, of course, is still this huge filmmaker, but right. its consecutive runs are a lot harder to pull off. Right. Like like the Rolling Stones have had a million albums, I think they only have a run of, of four great ones at one period in their career, and then they have kind of spotty. That's really good. Not so good. Not so good. Pretty good. That's really good. Not, it's 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 tough. Um, and that's kind of the fun. That's the game of it, you know.
0: So I'm just kind of curious. I mean, I, I'll have to listen to it. But I, what for John Carpenter? Did you say his run kind of ended at Escape from L.A. or your So
1: before that but he has he has some good ones he has some isolated greatness so my my opinion if i remember correctly it was um i believe that uh dark star his first film does not start the real run of greatness that's a good f- it's interesting film but it's sort of a prototype right assault on precinct 13 awesome you, you see where he's going halloween it's a phenomenon it's a really interesting film really great that's that continues to run i think he likes Spielberg. His number three. It's uh, I think the fog is actually not as good as I would like it to be. I think the fog, great cinematography, really cool setup, really good story. I think the the ensemble cast doesn't really work. I think the characters aren't really there, the story isn't that scary for the most part. So I think the fog is a kind of a dud. But then he comes right back. Escape from New York. Great. Escape from New York's great. And, the and then the thing is yeah. is the masterpiece from that and Halloween are probably the ones that. I, I think people would argue are th- those are the ones you can't really argue with. Those are the masterpieces. Oh, I and would have so been saying
0: Big Trouble in Little China is probably that's. I
1: Big Trouble in Little China is, is, is definitely in my personal life, like That's my number three or my number two movie. But that's <laughs> not. So and then you have Starman, which I think is just OK. Christine, right. just OK. And then I think Big Trouble comes in and Big Trouble is great, but it's kind of isolated. And the same thing goes for like uh, In the Mouth of Madness. I think is great. But that's kind of isolated. They live really good. There's always kind of a bad one before that, and so, and so I think his last great one was in the Mouth of Madness, and then he's had some ups, mostly downs. From from my money,
0: yeah, Ghost but, of Mars, that was, <laughs>
1: yeah, Ghost of Mars is too bad because like on paper that sounds cool. It's like oh, you're going to do a sci-fi version of Assault and Precinct 13, basically. That's right. could, that's a, could, could be awesome. I feel like he just wasn't that into it or something. He just it doesn't feel like there's energy there. Right. Escape from LA too, like Escape from LA. I think should have been amazing. I love the ending. I love. Right. I think it's one. Of the, I think John Carpenter is really good at endings, but I don't think it's it's up to snuff with the first one. Right. I think there's a great cast. There's Bruce Campbell has a cool small role. Pam Greer. but I just don't think it hits. It's it, it so
0: is. hard, right? It's so hard to pull off sequels. Yeah,
1: yeah and also filmmaking is a huge collaborative art form. Right. There's so many moving parts. I think it's amazing to get anything made and get it made well. I know. At least a comic book, you you could do it mostly on your own, and so you might be more consistent because it's it's just one person mostly.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so cool. So you're gonna is this gonna be uh kind of
0: you're you're gonna be doing this as as it goes, or do you have any plans on?
1: I, I'm gonna do at least ten episodes for the first okay. season. So I'm I'm gonna do a probably record one tomorrow for the um. Oh, director Wes Anderson's next. I like West to do, well, okay. yeah, I love Wes Anderson. So I like to do like, you know, if I do a director, the next thing I do is a musician or a, I, just, I don't want to do so, the two of the same sort of mediums in a row, but basically I'm episode four. So I'm going to keep it going to episode 10 and then I'll probably take a break. And um, as long as I keep having fun, I'll, I'll keep coming back to it. I think.
0: Cool. So your book is, it's on pre-release, right? It's on pre-order right now. Yep. And the order now, it can, will arrive in about a month right between march 20th so when when do the actual when does it open for sale
1: um so basically you you could order it now but it should be available for sale i i think uh april 1st i think or or if not earlier i'm basically waiting to get uh one more final look at a proof and then i i print out the ones i want and it's gonna be available on amazon.com as well so um you can order from me and get a discount and assigned copy What you go to amazon and, and, and you know you can get them there as well but th- those things are raring to go basically I, I i am super excited and i've also offered the first book you can get read the first book for free digitally oh, wow. the whole the whole book um there's there's links on my facebook but basically um you can try the first book and see if you like it um that's one of the things which is cool about self-publishing is like you know i, I talked to the guy the 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 company I was talking to about publishing these books I I like what do you think of this idea and he's like that could work but we we just don't do that usually and I was like okay I was like well wh- why not he's like you know it's he's like it's it's tricky he's like we're kind of old-fashioned some ways and he's like I, he's like I could see that working for you if you're doing it for your Etsy shop or whatever he's like that could work and I was like well yeah well I think I'm gonna do it like that because I, I figured three books. If you, if you get the first book and you like it, chances are you'll follow the get the other two to, to finish the story. And, and I've I've had um, success with uh, some free stuff too. I've, I've issue one of Lumen Serious Creatures. Issue one is free on my site. I did a Jason uh, Friday the Thirteenth bootleg comic, which is free on my site. You can read it. And you can download it. Um, and I've I got a lot of people who I think have never seen my stuff. Uh, they saw that, and they they have gone back and bought some books of mine, which is cool.
0: Wow, cool. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, Tony. I'm a, oh, I'm excited to, um, excited to excited to to check that out. Um, also excited that you got so you got more. Th- as I say, then you got your attaboy, You know, uh, normal size. What did we call it? Non <laughs> gigantic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Non-gigantic>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then,
0: so what? What after this? What's uh, what else are you working on?
1: So, the next thing is going to be only a month away. It's, uh, it's going to be called Bounty House Bazaar. This is the one shot anthology. So, it's me okay. uh, doing a character called Grape Shot. Uh, Nicola Bonmetto, who's an awesome uh, Italian artist who lives in Spain, he's drawing a book uh, we worked on a, called Saunoff Shogun. So, Saunoff Shogun. Crazy, violent, really awesome action stuff in feudal Japan, and then me and Ben Granoff are doing a story called uh, "A Theater New You," which is sort of a slice of life meets horror story about movie theaters. And I'm also okay. going to include a little four-page story about um, the summer of Batman, Tim Burton, that I did myself, just a little auto bio thing. But all that for six bucks, 48 pages, like just tons of fun action, kind of kind of one and done stories all I'll together. See. So Bounce House Bazaar that'll be on my site. Okay. Um really excited to show that cuz I think that's going to be a it's cool to be like showing myself as an artist and writer but also just collaborating with other people and seeing their their takes on things.
0: Right. Awesome. So that's cool. So congratulations on that coming out too.
1: Thanks man. Yeah. And and after that Serious Creatures 2, this year is going to be the second volume of that. So six more issues which will finish the story and then I'm going to just take a break. I'm going to chill out.
0: <laughs> yeah great and so and if people want to see more of the stuff they can go to your to your website tony correct
1: yep and there's links to my shops there my instagram all the stuff you can find me but um yeah please do all
0: right excellent cool all right well thank you very much and right there as you say you click on the blog page on uh, tony and that's where you can see read my first new novel for free so it's right yep. there yep, yep. Barney, thanks
1: again, man. It's awesome. I always uh, have a good time here. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
0: yeah, excellent. I appreciate it too. All right. So, so before we jump, on, I gotta, I gotta say, you said, and I don't know if you said it in passing, and uh, when you're on the second time, I don't know if you remember this. Do you ever have those situations where you would say something and you forgot about it, but then the person you said it to like will always remember it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah? I've had the reversal too. Yeah. Well, here's
0: the thing: you said you made a joke by saying, you know what? If I, uh, you know, I said, hey, thanks for having me back on, you know, and I, I want to be on at least. Three times because then I could be considered friend of the show.
1: Yeah, I don't so remember that at all. But I believe you, I do. you.
0: So you said that. So I said, you know what? That's actually interesting. So what I did, and I, I wanted to announce this when you came on for a third <laughs> time, I created a link that says "friend of the show." So on here, every single person who's been on at least three times,
1: oh wow, is
0: here, and you're on there. So I want—I didn't want to announce it until I had the person who mentioned. The joke
1: about i, I, I don't want show. to cry on air but i i am touched i really appreciate barn um that, that's that's great yeah it's also, i don't know if i've been on any show three times maybe what maybe one other show but that show is nothing compared to this show so
0: <laughs> well i got i gotta say so i wanted to announce that i'll probably put i'll put up a, like a a, a, t- a tweet about it and stuff but i wanted that i wanted to make sure that i officially announced it on your third and just so you know, I'm already I already created a, a page because we both have a Squarespace account. You, have, you use Squarespace, so do I. The, I have already I already get a. It's called the Five Timers Club. You know, just like Saturday Night Live. So I already <laughs> I'm already prepared for when you know people come on at least five times.
1: You know? When I uh, introduce myself to people, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna like, hey, by the way, you know, I've been on StoryComic.com three times, working on five. Like, my name's Tony. What do What do you do?
0: Yeah. See. Yeah. yeah. I'll send you a PNG file of the front of the show logo so you can add Thank it to your you. from <laughs> my phone. Like, like, yeah,
1: like a vaccine card and that. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm good. Let, let me in. <laughs>